Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. So I would love to take this moment to wish you a happy two-year anniversary. Yes, I'm including you in this anniversary wish because this podcast would absolutely not be possible without you. I am so grateful to you for supporting the show and for helping it to grow exponentially in the past two years. So in ADHD fashion, I am still working on the giveaway, the anniversary giveaway that I promised. So keep your ears open and I promise that I will have it ready for you soon. I do, however, have an exciting new free resource for you. Must Have Supports for Moms with ADHD is the only guide designed to help you as a mom with ADHD running a neurodivergent household have ADHD without ADHD having you. Now, what I know about you is that unless it's interesting, important, and or exciting, you won't take the time for it. So I'm inviting you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the most effective combination of supports for your unique version of ADHD. Now, the guide provides you with over 25 tips, tools, practices, and recommendations, as well as a printable a printable list for creating your own unique support plan. Because let's face it, managing ADHD is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Now, imagine having better focus, more control over your emotions, ease in decision-making, and being the mom you want your kids to see on a regular basis. You can find the ADHD Supports Guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, one word, or you can find the link in the show notes. So pause the episode, grab the guide, and come right back. I think that you are going to absolutely love our next guest and the incredible conversation we had about women and ADHD. There are so many gold nuggets in the episode, you might even want to flag it and listen to it again. I felt heard and understood, and I bet you will too. Now, during this episode, Women in ADHD podcast host Katie Weber and I talk about her adult ADHD diagnosis, the visceral reaction she initially had to it, and how it has helped her to see herself in a different way. We talk about why ADHD diagnoses often make sense of your whole entire life and the potential to change the tra trajectory of it going forward. We talk about the creativity that abounds in women with ADHD and our multifaceted interests. We talk about the energetic peaks and valleys of the ADHD roller coaster. And we, and even though ADHD presents differently in all of us, there are some distinct similarities that many women with ADHD share. Now, Katie Weber is an ADHD advocate and founder of Women and ADHD LLC. She is host of, she is also the host and producer of the Women and ADHD podcast, ranked among, among the top 0.5% of all podcasts worldwide. Diagnosed with ADHD is at the age of 45, Katie has made it her mission to help neurodivergent women learn to love their brains and live a more fulfilling, gratifying life. So enjoy this brilliant episode with Katie. And don't forget to download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices 
for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Katie, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. I am super excited about this conversation, and um, I love your podcast, and we'll talk about women and ADHD. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we really dig in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your journey to how you got to be doing what you're doing now? <laughs> uh, I will try I to make laugh, this. Right? The journey. I know, right? <laughs> It's not a straight line. (laughs) Well, not only that, but like, I think we have a tendency to be like, well, how far do I need to, how far do I need to backtrack? Like I was born on a stormy, rainy (laughs) night, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but really my ADHD journey uh, really started at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. And that was a difficult time for a lot of moms. I I realized that. Um, And I was sort of going through a lot of what many of us went through, which was my husband was home working, my kids were both home. um, And I just, you know, we're sort of trapped at home. And I had all of this like pent up energy around like, maybe this would be a good time for me to start like reinvesting in my job, right? Like, I just had all of these ideas and felt really, really frustrated because I felt like I was in what I've called like suspended animation, where I mm. just couldn't focus on anything. And I felt like my job, you know, my my role was this Suddenly I was the housekeeper and the the chef and the teacher and the mother. And I felt like I was sort of waiting for the next big catastrophe with my children. Like they kept bursting out of their bedrooms during virtual learning. Oh, I can't get onto Zoom. Oh, the Wi-Fi is out. Like it just felt like, and and in those moments in between meals and, and you know, Wi-Fi issues and schooling. And like, I just felt like I couldn't do anything in the in-between moments. And right. I just was in this like waiting mode. And I remember ex- describing this to my therapist and just feeling like so frustrated. Um, and that was, a, and now she had many times in the past recommended I look into ADHD mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. in terms of other things that we had discussed around um you know, just like getting really excited and starting a business and then losing interest six months into it. And so those right. patterns oh, that, in my yeah. life, right? <laughs> uh, so she had always recommended I look into ADHD and I couldn't understand what she was talking about because I was like, what? I'm not hyper. Like I, you know, right. I had this idea of what ADHD was, which was a hyper little boy who couldn't sit still. And I was like almost offended, I think, when mm-hmm. that she kept recommending it to me because I was like, really? Do you think I'm like a hot mess? Um, spoiler alert, I am. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> me too, uh, raising my hand. <laughs> right? uh, so, but I just never really took it seriously or was sort of like, yeah, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Um And then it was in the pandemic that she said, like, I think you should really just look into, you know, what this is and how it manifests in women. Right. And I was like, all right. And so I had taken an online test uh, that was a generic one for adults. Mm -hmm. And it was much more of the DSM questions about, like, do you feel like you're run by a motor? And these, like, really random questions that I didn't relate to where I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Don't we all? Um, And... And then I took the one that was made specifically for women by Sari Solden. That's on the Attitude Magazine website. And that was when it hit me like a ton of bricks where I was right. like, oh, we're not talking about fidget spinners. We're not mm-hmm. talking about like, you know, attention issues. We're talking about like deeply held shame around 
my house and and domestic right. duties and mothering and who how how I view myself as mm -hmm. a partner and um and that's when it really was I was like oh maybe this is a little bit more than just uh feeling fidgety right. <laughs> or feeling you know having a lot of pent-up energy maybe there's a lot more that this like the tentacles of adhd are reaching into a lot more of my life than i realized mm -hmm. and as somebody who had been diagnosed with depression and anxiety for most of my adult life and really struggled with postpartum depression and like really sort of always had depression and anxiety in the mix in terms of my identity, but also kind of felt like it wasn't the right fit. Right. Um, that's when I just had this intense visceral reaction to an ADHD diagnosis and started looking into it. And then it was like, it was so profound. It just felt like it just felt so overwhelming. I couldn't believe how much ADHD affected so many seemingly random areas of my life in so it was profound right. and it was really starting to shift how i was viewing who i was mm. uh, in the world right and so that's when i was like i really i can't be the only person who's experiencing this i can't be the only woman who's experiencing this as a late diagnosis because i was 45 at the time right and i just thought you know I'm stuck at home. It's the pandemic. Uh, maybe I'll start a podcast because, um, you know, it was an excuse to reach out to other women and hear their stories. Right. And so that's how I just, you know, I just like started the Women in ADHD podcast uh, as a way to hear other women's stories and kind of validate my own. And yeah, that was two almost two years ago. And so I'm I guess, you know, we're sort of on the same track in, in that way. We were. We did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, November. It looks like you were December, right? Yeah, of right. So, so basically it was sort of like, you know, we're at home and I'm lonely and and this is I realize now that I'm like, this is how I learn. I learn right. from these conversations and interviews. And so it's just sort of happened. And that it's just sort of snowballed from there. Just, you know, it's been a nice growth journey. Yeah. Yeah. Growth. Talk about growth. And it's just been a couple of years for you for that, that diagnosis. And first of all, thank goodness to your therapist for even <laughs> mentioning it because I had been seeing therapy. I've been in therapy for decades and no one ever suggested that I might have ADHD. It wasn't until my mother was diagnosed at 50 that I, that she was like, well, it runs in the families. You, know, you probably have it. Your sister probably has it, you know? Um, but thank goodness to your therapist for even suggesting it because there's so many amazing therapists out there, but ADHD is, it's so bizarre for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> because it reaches, like you said, it reaches all aspects of life. And it's not just that hyperactive little boy. And it presents in differently for all of us. Um, but finding a therapist that actually has some kind of knowledge that can open that door for you. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's what that's. That's a beautiful thing. And it's it's kind of rare, at least for me, it was, you know, I'm still in search of a, a therapist that is, um, that is very knowledgeable in ADHD and women, you know, I'm oh still in search of, 
Yeah. yeah I mean, they're out there, but they're book solid. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, to be, to be honest, I've actually gone back to grad school uh, to become a therapist because mm. I get asked that question so much from other women, which is like, do you know a therapist who understands what it's like to right. have been undiagnosed for so long and right. how, how profound this diagnosis can be? And, and yeah, there, there's such a dearth of therapists in general right now. Yeah. And they're all, you know, book solid. And so it's, it is really difficult to kind of find, um, somebody who really understands what this looks like and some one of some of the more unusual signs are in adult women. And so I was, and I also through my coaching have really kind of realized how, um, you know, how as a modality therapy is so important for us. And so right. I, and also the label and the diagnosis is so important for us. So I've, I've gone back to school now in order to become a mental health counselor. And it's interesting. And I know this is a little tangent, so bear with me, but it's, okay. it's been interesting to me now back in school that we're being taught to avoid the diagnosis because we're being taught not to pathologize mm, right. depression and anxiety. And I'm sitting here like the lone voice in this room, just being like, no, you don't understand how important the label is right. for somebody right. because it's an explanation for so many ways in which we beat ourselves up over the years that it is really important for us to have that why of that label. And yet I'm seeing in the curriculum of therapy that there's a tendency to be like, well, let's not jump to conclusions yet. Mm. Maybe it's just this. And, and I get that. I understand that. But I also sort of feel like there is a real importance to the validation that this diagnosis can bring that a lot of therapists through their training are, are you know, not comfortable really leaning into. Right. I love that you just said that. First of all, I love that you're going back to school because I've been thinking the same thing. I'm like, I really, I, I know I, I saw that you were a yoga teacher or that you did your yoga teacher training. I'm doing another one right now. And now I'm doing kind of focusing in trauma because I'm understanding the overlap between trauma and, and ADHD and fascinating and masking so it's not necessarily, I mean, I, it's masking because we didn't know, right? We're masked trying to fit in to this neuro, neurotypical world when we, when we, we don't, we don't think like everybody else. So there's trauma in that. I think that would be called little T trauma, like your whole life, it kind of, you know, feeling like you don't fit in. People are telling you, why can't you just, you know, um, you're, or you're, you're too much, you're not enough, whatever. Um, that's just, that's just my take on, on, uh, on, on trauma and ADHD. But I love that you, I love that you said that about, yes, the diagnosis, we, we want to be diagnosed. It's not a, you know, it's not a, um, cause I talk to a lot of women they're like, oh, you know, I really don't want to get my kid diagnosed because I don't want them to get locked into that label. I'm like, I know, but if you knew, then you could support them. If you don't know, like we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's actually one of the questions that I was going to ask you about, about women who were on the fence about getting themselves diagnosed and also their, their children, especially their girls. Right. Yeah. Cause gosh, I do not want my kids to go through decades of thinking that they're wrong, you know, yeah. or that pain of, of not fitting in 
and not knowing why. Well, my kids who uh, I have a 15 year old daughter and an 11 year old son. And so I was diagnosed first and then both of my kids have since been diagnosed. And so we kind of came to it the opposite of most adult mothers or adult women. (laughs) I hope there's most adult mothers. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so, you know, and so I had a lot of these conversations with my partner, my husband about the label and because he Mm -hmm. was concerned, right? You know, what is this going to say? They both do really well in school. And he was worried that they were going to be treated differently by their teachers and, and just treated differently in general. And I had to really explain to him that I'm like, they're going to be labeled either way. I was labeled as lazy, disorganized, uh, you know, not living up to my potential. So those were my labels. So we're Mm -hmm. always going to have labels. It's really about how much can you control it and how much can you control the narrative in terms of like problem solving, right? And finding the tools you need. And this is, that's what is so important about understanding what's really happening here. Right. Right. And so, yeah, that's, I think what I always have to say about, about um, the importance of that label. Right. And that it's, you know, I had somebody tell me recently, she DM'd me and said that she was talking to her therapist about uh, how she felt like she wanted to look into ADHD. And the therapist was like, well, I think we're all neurodivergent in our own way. And that every brain is different, like a thumbprint. And and I just was like, that is aggressively unhelpful (laughs) to somebody who is questioning whether this is ADHD, right? Right. Because it's like all of those eye rolls of like, well, this is so trendy. There's all these diagnoses right now. And let's like not jump to conclusions. I realize like that tendency, but I also just want to say that that is really unhelpful to somebody who has spent their whole life doubting, you know, who they are and doubting their, uh, you know, ideas about themselves and always feeling like they're somehow broken or wrong and that you're just you're just you know reinforcing the fact that they're on the wrong path with which i think can be really deeply unhelpful yeah yeah absolutely and not to mention the um the misdiagnosis right the because gosh i have been similar to you um clinical depression and anxiety like my whole life like you know yeah well you're just you're just you know you have and also bipolar i was diagnosed with bipolar before i found out that i had adhd i had been on i don't know i tried 20 25 different drugs for depression anxiety bipolar and which made me feel like i was going absolutely more bonkers than i already felt (laughs) Right. Without ever, you know, and and by well-meaning people, right? Well-meaning therapists and and psychiatrists, and um, but that don't fully understand the um, the uh, um, what ADHD is mm-hmm. and and how it affects. It's not just and for me. So I was di- diagnosed um, uh, in my thirties. And for me, so my mother was on Ritalin, my sister was on Adderall. I had tried all of these other drugs and I was like, nope, I'm just going to stay organized and drink my coffee, right? That's what I'm going to do. So back then I thought it was, um, my understanding was it was, it was about focus. I'm like, okay. So it did take me 10 years to go through college. Um, but, but yeah, I can handle this, right? I can do this. I didn't understand until the pandemic when just, 
everything fell apart in my household. We then we started getting my kids diagnosed, which one of them I had been asking since kindergarten, all the teachers, do you see this? Do you see what I'm seeing at home? No, 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 no. And then, um, and then virtual sixth grade was just, um, it was, it was, uh, it was a nightmare in our house. And then all of my ADHD, like all of the things just came, it was like, I couldn't keep them boxed anymore. And it just came bubbling out. And my whole house, you know, my whole house was, was feeling it as well. So I started digging in. Okay. So there's more going on. My ADHD is out of control right now. I started getting myself into, into communities um, of women with ADHD. And I was like, oh my God, I am home. I am like, I just want to cry. You know, my, uh, my issues with, um, with, uh, with my social issues, like with friendships, like why I have lost so many friends throughout my life that, and I just couldn't understand, like, why can't I be that friend, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so what has changed? So you just, you, you were just diagnosed a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So what has changed for you since knowing that you have ADHD and the, you understand executive function and all of these things, and that you've talk, been talking to all of these women. Gosh, what hasn't changed? Uh, mm, right. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that has changed for me is my self-talk mm. and my self-acceptance. Right. Uh, and I think that it's really... Um, you know, it's funny how you said, you know, we get so excited about this diagnosis. And I always joke that like when somebody is, when a woman is diagnosed with ADHD, everybody else with ADHD is like celebrating, right? Like, right. Yay, Yay, now you know. <laughs> and everybody who doesn't have ADHD is like, I'm sorry about your diagnosis or your disorder, right? Right. The disorder. <laughs> um, yeah. So a diagnosis is just like, it's like a window opening. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think, um, what changed for me has really been thinking of myself as as my self-worth, my my intellect. You know, I never would have gone back to school if it wasn't mm. for an ADHD diagnosis because I wanted to get the hell out of academia as fast as possible because it was such a nightmare. Right. <laughs> and, I, right. and I always believed I wasn't smart mm -hmm. and um, that I was fooling everybody or that any, you know, I was always qualifying any success I may have had in in some way, which is like, it was a fluke or it, you know, oh yeah, I mean, I wrote a book, but like, yeah, but I only wrote one, you know, I don't know if I could do it again. <laughs> I um, wrote one. Right. And, <laughs> right. And I see my kids doing this too, sort of, you know, which was like, oh, I did really well in this test, but you know, it was, it was an easy test. So it's not that big of a deal. And like, right. why are we always qualifying our successes in this way that, uh, and even, you know, um, I think it's allowed me to realize that some of the things I struggled with weren't just me being stupid. It was really just about, you know, this was a system that didn't work for you. Right. And there are there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary that you actually do do well. And, you know, that consistency, you know, I, I used to get down on myself because I couldn't hold a job for two for longer than two years. Mm -hmm. And I tried lots of businesses and didn't get anywhere with them. And so I sort of always had this view of myself as this failure. And it's not my knowledge of ADHD has really helped me 
reframe a lot of that into, wow, you know, I'm excitable and I love new things. And why would I stay at a job for two years when I'm ready to move on? And it's brought me to where right. I am, right? So it's like always seeing the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know Ned Hallowell talks about that too, in terms of just like, you know, seeing deficits and, and seeing them as um, exceptional qualities and, and right. being able to reframe a lot of that. So it's helped me it's helped me be a much better wife. It's helped me be a much better parent because I believe that I am good at these things. Whereas right. before, I just thought I was a trash human mm -hmm. who was just bumbling through life. And, you know, like many of us have, have said, like, uh, I just thought everybody got the manual but me, right? I, right? I didn't understand why some things were hard for me and other things weren't hard for me. I just felt like, you know, that metaphor of the swan uh, where everybody thought everything was going great, but like under, under the surface, I just felt lost and mm -hmm. madly paddling. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Basically, it was really just like my self-talk, I think, mm -hmm. is the biggest thing that has changed. Right, um, right. And how how I owe it to the people in my life who love me to have, uh, you know, a sense of self-worth. <laughs> yeah, right? Because I know my, my big, well, what I learned in a very painful way is that, um, especially our kids, they are watching us yeah. all the time. Right. So if we are talking even in our heads, like they feel our energy, if we are beating ourselves up, they feel that. Right. And that, that was, that was the, that was the thing that got me into action. And this is before I really started embracing my own ADHD, but, um, but that I'm doing this for my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm stopping the, um, the, uh, the trajectory that we were on, you know, with, with my, with my self-loathing. You know, not just like, why can't I be like other people? Why can't why I go to the park and I see these moms and it looks so easy and everybody can get their kids out the door and <laughs> can do all these things. Why can't I do this? Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. And and I it's freeing knowing that there's a reason for it you know it's freeing to know oh okay my brain just works differently and now i know i can work with my brain instead of against my brain i had a coach years ago who used to say to me tracy why are you always swimming upstream why don't you just go with the flow of your life and I, I, when you were talking about the the uh well why wouldn't i change jobs every two years if um if i'm not interested if i'm not interested i'm not going to give it you know that's what that's what adhd is it's an is it interesting and important interesting and important then yes i'm going to give it my all but you know when it's when it's done it's done <laughs> so mm -hmm. we can move on to the next thing <laughs> so um so ADHD presents differently in all of us. And we know that. So it sounds like you, like, like I did that, um, the, uh, I feel big emotions. I've always, since I was a kid, um, especially the, uh, the anxiety and the depression, but over the past couple of years, and you've been interviewing all of these women, do you see any similarities in, um, in the way it presents? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um I, I have a son and a daughter and um 
like I said, both were diagnosed with ADHD for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. And my son is much more of a sort of obvious physical presentation. He's much more stereotypical. And he's also a lot like me in that he has a lot of attention issues. And so I did not do well in school. I barely mm -hmm. scraped by. I dropped out of high school, then went back, dropped out of university, then went back. Like, you know, it was like a long, very storied history. I never thought of myself as a good student. And so my right. son is sort of has similar tendencies. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, does really, really well in school. Mm -hmm. High honors, always done well, all accelerated, you know, uh, and she's does incredibly well. And so I never would have thought she had ADHD until I started interviewing woman, you know, woman after woman about the fact that they did very well in school mm -hmm. and they had a very, very high sense of perfectionism and really high expectations of themselves that then led to depression and anxiety in adulthood. Mm, right. And so I was seeing that pattern a lot, which is that mm. there's actually a very large population of girls who are really doing well in school and they're white knuckling it. <laughs> Right. And nobody really sees that anxiety and they're, you know, it's becoming a powder keg. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I took another look at my daughter and realized, oh, like she's not doing okay. Yeah. And, and, and she has a lot of anxiety that I don't know how to help her a lot, a, a lot of the time. And it was mm -hmm. funny because we just had a, you know, she got her diagnosis over the summer. And so at the beginning of the school year, we had a 504 for her because I was like, well, I want to help her with her anxiety. And so let's have a 504. Let's give her some extra time in her tests and and, and, you know, we had this, you know, uh, uh, all of these requests and we were sitting in the 504 meeting and the, you know, there was a teacher there who understandably, it was her English teacher. She has a 95 average in, in English right now. And he was like, what are we doing here? He, mm. he was genuinely confused because he was right. like, she's doing well. I don't understand why you have a, a 504. Like she has a 95. Do you want a 99? Like, you know, why are you pushing her? And he just didn't. And I sort of had that moment where I was like, oh, like. I don't think a lot of people understand what this Absolutely. hidden struggle is. Right. And so in his mind, he was like, she doesn't need accommodations. She's doing great. And I'm like, I'm seeing a very different child than you are yeah. at home. Right. And yeah. that was the thing I noticed with, with both of my kids is they do really, really well in school. They hold it together. And the minute they walk through the door, they burst into tears because it's their safe place. Right. And so that's where I started seeing a lot of that behind the ADHD, which is like mm. that there's when you have ADHD, ADHD, there's so much work put into doing well and, and holding it together. You're often very bright. And right. so you have to like exhaust yourself in order to kind of keep up your, these expectations of yourself. And then that turns into what we're seeing in adulthood, which is intense levels of panic attacks and anxiety. And, right. and I don't think we're making those connections early enough, especially with girls. Absolutely. I love that. You and I just, I have chills right now and some tears too, because yeah. there, there's a lot of pain and there are, I know there, there are women in their sixties and seventies who are getting diagnosed with ADHD and oh, all of those decades. Right. And that's yeah. why, um, yeah, I totally, the, the, uh, the anxiety, um, of, you know, I should be able to, and, and again, it's that, that fitting ourselves and the way that our brains work into what is expected socially, right. Of the, the education system. And, you know, this is the way we do it. It's a lot of pressure. And, um, Katie, I listened to on your, um, women with ADHD, women in ADHD podcast. I listened to your, 
um, the episode where um, one of your guests interviewed you, which was fantastic, and I loved it. And I and I um, I uh, you were talking about when you when you finally did go to college and how you had like you just had to work really 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 a college was so hard for me and i got the a's right eventually eventually i got the a's but at at a cost right because my anxiety was through the roof and that i had to do it this way and ha and like all of the ways that i um that i all of the notes and the study things that i had to create for myself in order to just maintain <laughs> you know? right and that then and then my expectation on myself to get the a's which was on top and i do i'm i'm hearing more and more um about the girls right the girl especially in you know in, um in elementary school and i think this is probably why i would ask every year because knowing myself i'd asked every year are you seeing this are you seeing this asking the teachers no but just like your, just like yours, your your um your daughter with no, she's got a ninety five. Why would we? Why would we do anything different? But we do. It's important, and I think that brings me back to that. You know, why why even get the diagnosis? Because we don't want to create these um these uh, you know they they call them the comorbidities that go that can go alongside ADHD. But we can we can we intensify it as we go on, and we you know we're allowing our 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 girls to um to mask you know and just mm -hmm. thinking oh well she's got it she's got it it's okay my my uh, my mother um kind of course I'm going round and round Katie but um but uh, um my mother like I said was diagnosed at fifty. And she talks about how as we get older, she calls it age amplified ADHD, that we that there's more and more responsibility. And then we've got these layers of, you know, the anxiety and the depression and the perfectionism and the not being like other people and trying to fit in and the social expectations and all of the things. And I think it gets amplified. So the sooner that we can get diagnosed and, you know, for some of us, you know, I, we, we just, I happened to have a, um, I happened to have a friend, my mother had told me, and it was several years before I decided, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. My mother's also very into genetics. And I was like, you know what, just because you have it doesn't mean that I have to have it. So I kind of rejected it for decades. Um, but uh but i just happened to have a friend who was a family therapist and he um he was the one the one who kind of diagnosed me in the you know after hours in the back he's like oh you failed miserably you absolutely have adhd i was like <laughs> okay okay all right now what i don't know i'm not going to try drugs of course i've changed my tune since then um but uh let's see what was i gonna um um Okay, so you talked about so the similarities that you're seeing in a lot of these women who are getting diagnosed late in life is the 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 anxiety and the depression and the um the intensity um of the masking. And um do you see that in your in your own when you look back on your own life? Do you do you see that? 
Yeah, I mean, I I like to joke that nobody comes to their ADHD diagnosis because their life is going wonderfully and they're like, I need a name for this superpower, (laughs) right? (laughs) Usually something has come along, some catalyst has come along to disrupt the way in which we have kind of kept our house of cards together. And we're really good at managing and like I said, white knuckling it through. Mm -hmm. And then something comes along, maybe it's, uh, you know, graduate school, maybe for me, it was babies. Uh, I really, really struggled with new motherhood. And, uh, you know, I look back and I think like, oh my goodness, the sensory issues, the sleep deprivation, the hormones. I mean, it's like a, it's like a melting pot of It's a perfect storm. Yep. (laughs) And, and, um, but again, you know, seeing that there's, and then again, with the pandemic and like this disruption of structure, anytime that there's a catalyst, I think it's when we have these moments of breakdown. Mm-hmm. So those, you know, if you've I, like, you know, I said, like, I, I was saying on one of my episodes the other day where I was like, if you find even just like going to the doctor and having to make an appointment and remember to do this and then going there and sitting in the waiting room and then having to explain yourself, like if that whole process is traumatic for you, that might be yes. an indication that you need to look into it. I'm raising my hand. I'm like, oh my gosh, making appointments? Are you kidding me? Like, right? What is wrong with me that I can't make an appointment? <laughs> but if there's if there's like moments like that, that sort of feel like, it, you know, that maybe your your level of response or like trauma response. And, you, you know, I think it's so interesting to think about what are the small T traumas in our life, right? Especially right. as women um, that are leading to this. And, and, and it's a question we ask a lot and talk about a lot on, on my podcast, which is like, I didn't know how much I was struggling. I didn't know this wasn't normal, right? Like, right. you know, right. I didn't realize everybody didn't think this way. And so that's a really difficult question to answer for ourselves. How much am I struggling? Right. So uh, what was your question even? I don't even remember. I, think I really like can't this- remember, but just keep on this track because I'm liking right? it. <laughs> well, exactly. It's this idea of like, I think we're kind of holding it together. And we're a lot of the times we can kind of work really, really hard to come across as having our life together. And then something comes along to blow that house of cards off the table. And then right. we collapse in the fetal position. (laughs) And so if the stakes feel that high around life events, then that would be an indication to really kind of look into this. If depression has, if you've been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but you've always also felt like the normal treatments haven't been working for you, Mm -hmm. then it's something to look into because that's, Mm -hmm. those are really popular comorbidities. Or if you've ever felt like I did, like, why am I so depressed? My life is kind of okay. I've got a great marriage. I've got great kids. Why am I always depressed and Mm -hmm. exhausted? Then, you know, and then I also felt like, well, I'm bad at that. Like I'm bad at being depressed, right? right? Um, you know, if you've always sort of felt like, just kind of broken or or things don't make sense, that's a really good indication that you might want to look into this because uh, a lot of what ADHD, you know, a lot of how a- we end up coming to our adult diagnoses is feeling like we've been trying to jam a square peg into a round hole our whole lives oh gosh, and yeah. we just can't do it anymore. And so I think it's a- another reason why a lot of women reach that moment in perimenopause where it's like, I can't keep up with, like, I feel like things are being thrown at me really quickly and I'm losing my sense. You know, I can't keep up with my emails and I can't, I'm, my memory has gone off a cliff. And like a lot of the things that naturally happen as we age, um, 
we're getting even harder on ourselves because it's we that feel age like, amplified ADHD, right? <laughs> exactly. And it, yeah. so I think a lot, why a lot of us come to a diagnosis at that particular stage in life is that there's this moment of breakdown where it's like, mm -hmm. I just can't, I can't hold it all together anymore. And it right. just feels like things are falling out left and right. And, you know, and then we start Googling early onset, uh, uh dementia right. <laughs> or Alzheimer's, yeah. um, because we feel like, gosh, why is everything happening all at once? You know, and, and, you know, that's a huge question mark that we're always trying to answer, right? Is it hormones? Is it estrogen? It's is all it, the things, right? It's right. all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's a catalyst. We have these moments where I feel like with ADHD, we have, it's like a roller coaster. We have mm -hmm. peaks and we have valleys and it's the valleys when we have executive dysfunction and we really kind of, where I feel like the, the emotional dam tends to break and right. we really can't recover. Mm, uh, but the then emotional we also have, dam. Yeah. Right. Um, but we also have peaks where we're on fire, where we're starting new businesses and we're, you know, volunteering for the PTA and we're doing all the craft fairs and like all these things where we feel like we're really in our element. And, right. and so it's not, there's no flat line with us. It's just, it's, it's peaks and valleys. Right. Right. And it's so much of what you just said. I'm like, oh yeah. Right. I mean, that's how I feel when I'm, when I'm listening to your podcast. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> nodding my head. Oh, yep. 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 The actually, when I was in college, a friend of mine, um, her um, husband um, called me the roller coaster. He's like, oh, she I remember is hearing you say that. Yeah. A roller coaster, like up and down and up and down. Like we never know where she's going to be. And I think that's probably why I was diagnosed with bipolar, but it wasn't when I read the description of di bipolar, I'm like, no, that's not me. And the drugs didn't work either. Um, but that trying to fit my that the the square peg peg in a round hole that is something that i've i've felt my entire life ever since i was a little kid like i'm just not just not the same and the um the uh the i can't remember what you called it the the um the events the the big the big events that mm. that have and you just said it i had two kids under two at one point and that just sent my adhd like through the roof. So that was kind of the beginning. I, I'm calling it like that. And then that was that chapter. And then there was the, um, the uh, virtual sixth grade pandemic chapter. So <laughs> I'm getting better and better. And I like to, uh, I like to kind of see life as like, we're, we're, um, it's, uh, you know, we're on this upward, ever upward spiral of becoming. So we're becoming and every time we, you know, like when the pandemic hit, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look back on where I was. I think that's the, that's the, the, the cool thing when we can look back and say, oh, I'm a little bit further up. I may feel like a hot mess right now, but I'm a little bit further up and I'm li a little, a little, um, I'm growing. I'm growing. I can look back and I'm in a different place. I'm seeing it differently. Does right and yeah and and i i'm a big proponent of like cyclical energy and mm. biorhythms because right. that's another thing that's allowed me to have a lot more grace with myself when i'm having a day or two where i can't get off the couch and i am just like what is wrong with me i can't shower i can't like I just can't do anything. I am exhausted. Right. I have so much more grace with myself about that because I can start, I can think like, oh, well, you just launched something new or you just did, you know, you were just hyper-focusing and really busy for a couple of days doing something interesting. And so now you are resting. And that is important because energy is cyclical. Right. And so rather than thinking, only thinking about myself as the person who couldn't get out the, off the couch, mm -hmm. because that was the troubling part of me that I wanted to focus on and fix, quote unquote, right. I can see that part of 
myself as one a part of the whole, right? And right, I can say, right. yes, that has as much purpose as the productive side and that they all kind of come together to be who I am. And so that has been super helpful to have grace in those moments where I feel like, you know, where in the past I would have also, I would have used my productivity as, as evidence for why I should always be productive. Right. And I'd be really down on myself when I couldn't be productive as opposed to now really kind of being able to see, step back, like you said, and sort of have that macro view Mm -hmm. of, you know, um, almost like when we're, when we're feeding kids, when they're really little and you're like, they haven't had a vegetable in a week. And you're like, actually, if you step back and you think about like how much they've been eating over the course of a week, like they actually, all of their needs have been met, even though it feels like all they want is bread, like right. they're actually doing okay. And so it's like really important for us to sort of step back and see that macro look at our productivity and, and be able to kind of really appreciate some of the things that we may have thought were, were, um, character flaws. Yeah. And I love that you, I love that the cyclical, cyclical energy that you just spoke about and allowing yourself to be on the sofa if you need to, and it's okay. Right. Cause we feel like, Oh, I'm, I've got to be doing this and this is what everybody does. And I've got to be, no, I don't want to be a couch potato, but we're not couch potatoes. <laughs> That's the thing. We know that we're not couch potatoes because we can we can create. We're incredibly creative in so many different ways, you know. And and I I think you you um you talked about this in one of your and maybe in the the episode that you were um you were interviewed in on your podcast, but about how creativity is not just you know it's not just uh, painting or you know or the creative arts or the, the performing arts. Like it's not, that's the creativity is huge. I, mm-hmm. I had this realization not too long ago that my husband, who is an engineer, he loves to take things apart and put them back together so that they work. And I never, and I was like, oh, that boring, right? But that's his creativity. Like there's so many different ways that we are creative and, um, and uh, I love that we can, we need to acknowledge that and celebrate those those little, oh, look at that, look at that about me. I'm right. in finding those superpowers, right? So I know I hear a lot too, the, why would you call ADHD a superpower? But why would I want to look at it as a deficit or a, a disorder? Like, I don't, that's not helpful for me. If I can turn it around and see some of these things, oh, like they're, nothing's black and white. You know, I can turn it around and, and kind of shift and, Oh, like what are one of those, what, what's one of those things for you where, where you used to think that it was, um, it was, uh, oh, something's wrong with me, but now you've kind of, you've, you're kind of seeing it as a superpower. Oh yeah. Right. Well, I think it's really not being able to stick with things very long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and it was funny cause like, I would like hobbies, like you were talking about creativity, right? Like, uh, I always felt bad that I never stuck with anything. I would learn to knit, but never finish the scarf. And I would, you right. know, I'd buy a sewing machine and buy all those supplies and then I'd, you know, lose interest and then it'd be sitting there in the corner. And, and I, you know, I, I decided to just reframe my relationship with hobbies where I was like, mm. my hobby is my favorite hobby is trying new things. <laughs> Oh, I love that. My favorite hobby. (laughs) Right. My hobby is trying new hobbies. And, um, you know, the fun, the interest, the dopamine is in setting it all up and learning. It's not in the completion. And that's okay. I don't always have to complete everything. Right. Because I've gotten what I wanted out of it. And I think about how all of these things, all of these, you know, moments in time lead to who we are today. Right. And so 
um, one of the things that is wonderful about people with ADHD is the fact that they have so many varied interests and so many different certifications and jobs and, uh, you know, and, and, and so we're able to be very, very well-rounded and see, right. per, have very interesting and unique perspectives in situations because we bring in so many different, like, you know, little, uh, expertise because we become experts in things really quickly. Uh, right. And so that's been one of those things where I've always felt like a scattered, chaotic mess, whereas right. now I'm like, I'm more like a patchwork quilt. <laughs> I love that. The patchwork quilt. What a beautiful, yeah. I love a visual. So I'm seeing my life as a pa Thank you, Katie. Right. Thank well, you for that well, visual. Well. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, this has been amazing. An amazing conversation. I'm super, I've loved this, our time together, and I'm hoping that we can have another conversation at another time. Um, uh, but for now, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your course? Cause I love what you've, you've done with your course. Um, and how, how our listeners can find you? Yeah. Well, the best way to find me would be at womenandadhd.com. Um, mm -hmm. That's my website, and that's kind of is a starting point for the uh, online community that we have and um, the course, which is called "Hey, It's ADHD," which is <laughs> which is really I, you know, I felt like I wanted to distill everything that I had learned in the beginning of my journey around ADHD and women, mm -hmm. and through all of my conversations and all of the sort of surprising uh, characteristics that you don't always think about or you don't always see. Um, I wanted just a place to put all of it. Uh, right. Because for me, when I was learning about ADHD, I was looking for that. I was looking for like, I have all these questions and I just want all the answers in one place. And so yep. I've done my best to kind of distill what I feel like was the most important parts of my own journey of, of ADHD um, diagnosis and talking to my doctors and what mm. questions to ask and right. what to bring to my, you know, all of the questions that I have been asked by women over the last two years, just put them all into one course that you can then have, um, at your, you know, at your ready. And, and so it's, uh, not only are there a lot of self quizzes and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional test maker. I'm not a medical professional. So this is really just a, a self-realization quiz, which is right. like, how much do I struggle with these things? Like we were talking about, is this a big issue for me? Is this not, um, is this, I, I had no idea this was part of ADHD too, right? All these seemingly right. random issues with like road rage or, <laughs> or, you know, right. Interesting. The, you know, or like, I can't fold the laundry. What does that mm -hmm. have to do with my ADHD? So it's, it's a lot of that uh, self-realization opportunities to take some quizzes and also uh, opportunities to bring things to your doctor that would be mm -hmm. uh, start conversations so that rather than going to a doctor and just saying, I think I have ADHD because I saw a TikTok video and then they roll their eyes and say, everybody thinks they have ADHD. You can right. really get to some of the more deeper chronic issues that because they'll, you know, doctors are looking for evidence over the course of your whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that can be something that's really difficult to articulate in the in a in a stressful meeting with a doctor right. so so these these are opportunities to really kind of prepare for those meetings if you're brand new if you think you might have adhd and you're not sure what to do next the course is perfect for that but then if you also have been diagnosed and maybe medication's not working for you but you don't know what else to do or like what does a treatment plan even look like mm, the course right. has an, an opportunity to really start looking at like what are all the different elements in my life that need attention mm -hmm. nutrition movement uh 
workplace, you know, at home, like all of the ways in which we kind of bring together a real holistic approach to what living with and managing ADHD looks like right. uh, beyond just taking a pill. Because I know also that for myself and many women, medication isn't the best, you know, isn't the cure-all at all. Right. And it's not just that simple. So really having an opportunity of like, okay, I've been diagnosed, but what do I do next? Do I need yeah. coaching? Do I need therapy? What do I do? So uh, it's really kind of, it's a, a, an opportunity to go through that on your own and a little bit of, of guidance and to point you in, in the next direction. Yeah. So, I love that. I love that. I was looking through the, um, the, uh, your, your page describing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what we need. So thank you for creating <laughs> that for us. So definitely go and, um, and check out Katie at womenandadhd.com. Definitely go and listen to her podcast, subscribe, rate, and review it because the more that we, um, the more that, that, uh, the more, the more we subscribe, rate, and review, the more the the uh, special Apple or the the uh, the platforms are going to show it to the women that re really need to hear it. So definitely go check out Katie. And Katie, if if there's one thing, so I do, um, I do, you know, the podcast is Vision Driven Mom with ADHD. So I do a lot of visioning with my um, with my clients, and we're visioning out three years. So what would you love to see for women and adhd three years from now like you're looking you know we talked about that spiral and you're looking back what would you love to see i would love to see um just more awareness and acceptance over mm. the fact that there is probably this isn't a trend right now that the right. reason why so many women are getting diagnosed is because there's more awareness being spread yeah. and it's only natural that more and more women who have lived their whole lives feeling like something was wrong with them are finally getting answers mm. so i would just have much more of rather than a, this sort of eye rolling tendency that we tend to get from the general public oh everybody thinks that they have ADHD is that these women are really listened to right. and understood that this is an actual, you know, that this is, uh, this diagnosis could potentially be life changing. Right. And, and how can we help more women to make those, to connect the dots? And how can we, you know, in, in terms of like more therapists who really start to see what this looks like and, and, and realize how profound the shift could be for a woman and, and lean into getting, you know, more and more women diagnosed as opposed to feeling like, um, we're misdiagnosing women and that it's right. something else, you know what right. I mean? So. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> and I love that. And I love that you're going back to school and that you're that you're you're going to um, you're going to help the uh, you're going to help. So just by being there, I think you're going to help the future generations of of people who are going through um, through, uh, you know, getting their their uh, degree in social work and and um, and uh, social work and therapy whatever whatever the whatever the whatever whatever it's called um helping them to see to understand things in a different way and that that you're you are this is what you're doing so yeah thank you katie this has thank been you, an amazing Tracy. conversation it's been fantastic to meet you and um i look forward to talking to you soon yeah likewise thank you all right goodbye for now Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. 
To get started on your vision-driven mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.